0: Welcome to the Trailblazers Journey podcast. I'm your host, Simon Majid, personal transformation and well-being coach and speaker. On today's episode, I am joined by Davin Youngs. Davin is a singer, sound guide, and voice coach based in Chicago. Davin uses his voice as a tool for healing, transformation, and artistic expression. His musical style is really unique as he combines improvisational singing with looping devices which give it a beautiful mystical quality and transcendental impact on your being. If you've ever had a deep desire to explore your own singing potential then Davin and this episode are going to be a huge inspiration to you do share this podcast with your co-workers family and friends so together we can inspire as many people as possible and if you feel as though this podcast is giving you value in your own life you may want to support this work by making a donation you can do this via the link in the show notes now kick back relax and let's begin
1: So e My name is Davin Youngs and I am a singer and I use my voice as a tool for healing, for transformation, for change, for artistic and creative expression and I believe in the transformational and healing power of singing, the voice and sound.
0: Amazing. Well, welcome to the podcast, Davin. So nice to have you here. Thank you. I love your work. Um, Can you just tell us in a little bit more detail about how you kind of create sound because you've got quite a unique sound I think when when um you know like when I've done one of your workshops you you kind of feel like you've been transported into like another dimension or it's got like a clubby feel to it as well Uh, (laughs) um but it's got healing it's you know it has a, a healing energy so yeah can you tell us a little bit more about the process and yeah
1: yeah. So the work that you that I do that you've engaged with is an extension of um, a number of things. One mm-hmm. is, is sort of the traditional nature of um, meditative sound experiences or sound healing experiences. So people might be familiar with a uh, you know experience where they go and lay down in a room and uh, yeah. someone plays. You know, some of these instruments that you might see behind me, like the crystal singing bowls or chimes, um, or the gong. So that is a part of this, this sort of, um, stems from that. It also stems from a practice I have that I developed, um, With a teacher named Rhiannon around improvisational singing. So, Mm -hmm. I, you know, singer, like I said, singer is how I first identify in this world. And the work that I do, and when I create these experiential um, sound uh, uh, healing events, is that I use my voice um, as the primary instrument and I use it in the form of improvised singing. So, um, I make up spontaneous melodies, rhythms, patterns. On the spot. And the clubby element that you're speaking to is that I do that through um, devices that are called looping devices. And yeah. so I create layer upon layer upon layer of my voice. And then um, somewhere along the way, I just started integrating electronic beats. And uh, so there's usually an arc to the experience where it starts out more mellow, more chill, mm. you know, sort of settling in. And eventually it amps up and uh, we find ourselves with the nice bass thud. Yeah. Happening with these spontaneous creations and patterns that happen, yeah. so that's that's it's a, an amalgamation of a lot yeah. of things that I'm interested in, and um, it's something that I just developed as um, as a form of personal expression. You know, literally on my own. I, I had done some work. Um, I, I had attended a gong bath, for instance, yeah. and I was like, "This is really." powerful this experience and so I started to get really into um, sound as a healing modality and I, I did a workshop in upstate New York um, that I really learned a lot about some of the instruments associated with this work but to be perfectly honest it just never felt like like that title of sound healer that's not something I've ever really associated with and, yeah. and the work didn't really feel like it didn't um, tap into the ways in which I had spent many many years developing my musical chops. yeah. Um, but I was also interested in how sound as a healing modality traditionally isn't music per se. So when we think about it in that yeah. used in that specific capacity, there's something you you have with people people shouldn't be able to latch on to too much. Um, mm-hmm. otherwise that sort of takes them out of allowing for the experience to carry them away. Also in You know a lot of traditional and indigenous practices repetition you know for instance with the drum um that's a really big component of of the work and so anyway i say all that to say what i've developed is just um growing out of those things so music emerges in what i do but music isn't the central feature if that makes sense
0: yeah absolutely and i think what you do with your voice is so um interesting because I've never I've never I've never really is that I mean does that exist elsewhere like how how did that come about
1: well what I do improvisationally is there's a whole community of improvisers all over the globe um so so my first experience with this was at a workshop at a place called the Omega Institute which is in Rhinebeck New York which if anyone um, is familiar it's an amazing place to go and be with some of your favorite teachers that you've ever mm. heard of in the realm of meditation and the creative arts and so forth. Anyway, so I did a workshop with Bobby McFerrin there, and that it's called Circle Songs, and you learn to improvise singing in community. And mm. so, um, what I do is a direct derivative of that work. Right. And then he has a colleague who he's sung with for many years, who I, who's a teacher of mine, her name is Rhiannon. And so, I've really developed some of these elements of, for instance, I don't use English most of the time when I'm singing. I use something that's called personal language. And, you know, so if you were to think about it in terms of like maybe some religious affiliation, it's like speaking in tongues kind of thing. Um, But I don't think about it like that. I, I, I do think about it more as just sort of purely improvising the sound um at moments it does feel like there's a sort of a channeling element to it um but it is a practice that I've developed over time where I use consonants and syllables and vowels to create a percussive rhythmic element with my voice and uh and that yeah so there are a lot of people in the world that do that I don't know anyone that does it in the format that I do
0: yeah it's so clever so yeah there's a few things I've picked up from there so I think first of all like you say the um sound is used where it doesn't really make sense as a language it, yeah across lots of continents like you said uh, yeah but it's it's really hard to get your head around like how you actually construct like so you know when you're um uh, say for example when you do a set you you haven't actually put something together you just literally go and whatever instinctive or intuitively comes up for you you that's yeah. what you share
1: yeah, and I think that I mean if you listen to um, what I do a few times, you'll realize that there are some forms mm-hmm. that I adhere to. That so while I don't have the content planned, I I know some bit of form that I'm going to yeah. that works. Um, yeah, that's you know that's sort of the amazing thing about improvisation is that it's not it's not making it up exactly it's, yeah. it's sort of drawing upon that which you already know it's that's right. that's what makes it such a wonderful spiritual practice is it it sort of pulls from this divine knowing within yeah. and it asks for a an acceptance like you have to accept what comes out right away and that's so. really the power of the practice but um yeah i mean i just start singing and let the sound guide me and um there are times where it doesn't work you know like it's not yeah. always right it's, it's not always great and then other times where it really locks in and yeah. one of the things i really like about the work is it's you know people know when it locks in like it feels yeah. like we're collectively sort of locking in when that happens so so um yeah it's it's really hard for most people to understand what it means to just step up to a mic and start yeah. singing um <laughs> you know without a song or without anything in mind but but that has become a passion and a practice of mine that I have developed and will continue to develop um over years and and the other thing too is that I'm constantly pushing myself too so I don't I'm always asking myself in the moment like where else can you go like where else Mm. where else is there it's it's an excavation of of all that might be lingering inside
0: Amazing, amazing. So there's two things. Like, A, it takes a lot of courage, I feel, to do that. And second, you must feel so vulnerable because maybe you don't, because obviously you're you're an expert in this field, but in the sense that like, what if it doesn't lock in? You know, what if you have a day where it doesn't lock in? You're out there, you're exposed. There's no hiding. And I think that's where the courage comes in, you know.
1: Yeah, well, I um it's funny you say that because so prior to the pandemic Mm -hmm. i was using crystal singing bowls and gong because really what i was doing in in a live in-person event and i imagine that someday i will do something like this again Mm. i was creating sort of an acoustic and electric experience so there would in the space that you were in i would use the singing bowls i would use the gong other instruments to create this acoustic the sound would be literally moving around you in in terms of how it bounced off the walls, yeah. in terms of how it was coming from the actual instrument. And I sometimes I use my voice too off microphone, so it would be you know in the space with just my voice too. But then in addition to that, I'd have this underpinning, the support of the electronic experience where I was using the loopers and the beats. So it was it was really sort of multidimensional. Mm. And when the pandemic hit, um, you know, I saw a lot of people in the realm that i'm in trying to take for instance crystal singing bowls and the gong to the digital space and quite honestly it's uh, in my experience that they don't translate that Mm -hmm. when you listen to them from a recorded or especially from like a digital audio standpoint they just don't sound good they don't create part of their magic is the effect that they actually create in the space so there are some recordings I've heard of Crystal Singing Bowls that do sound pretty good. But part of it is it literally bounces off the space in the physical space you're in. So right away, I was like, I'm not going to try to do that because... It just feels like I'm trying to shove a square peg through a round hole. Yeah. If I do that, so I took out all of the instruments, and I just I'm like, what happens if I just use my devices and just it's just my voice,
0: mm. and
1: I uh, and I use you know effects so my voice has like different qualities of sound that I couldn't achieve necessarily with just my voice alone to create this multi-dimensional, layered experience specifically for the digital space. Yeah. And so that felt really vulnerable on the front end where I was like, I literally had never done that
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: before, but I just yeah. did it. And I was doing, you know, you know, when the pandemic hit, everyone was doing everything online all of a sudden, yeah. you know, like Instagram lies and Facebook lies and people were really responding yeah. to what I was doing. And then everyone was like, wait, this is too much time on the computer. Um, so, so it's really settled in now yeah. for me and now yeah. I feel I don't actually feel that vulnerable in what I'm doing I feel like I have enough fail safes in place that yeah. I know uh, I know what will happen enough to save it if it gets too far out of bounds. yeah
0: amazing so tell us tell us your own journey like what led you and like what led you to the healing aspect of your work and you know was there a turning point were you doing something different before that
1: yeah, so I am, I mean, I've been singing my whole life, and mm-hmm. um, I grew up singing, and I grew up with a real gift for singing, and I was a naturally gifted singer as a young child, um, and and pursued that uh, you know, pretty aggressively throughout my youth and teen years, and then actually ended up at a conservatory for music, um, and intended to be an opera singer. Uh, wow. Really, fully imagined myself on the you know the stage of the Metropolitan Opera and or the Royal Opera House in London. You know, I st- wow. that's where I saw myself in the future. Um, but as one does around age twenty one, I encountered a bit of an existential crisis where I was like, maybe I don't want this, mm-hmm. and that also asks one to question: Well, if you spent all this time and energy in this thing, like, what do you do if you don't do that thing? Um, so I stopped and I went and worked in an office Wow! (laughs) Um, but I worked in the arts administration capacity but I Mm -hmm. you know I left college and I just decided that I was going to move to Chicago and um, I I graduated from college and I decided I was going to move to Chicago and um, and do that and then honestly over you know the years of my 20s and into my 30s there was just a an inevitable reckoning. You know, one of the big ones for me early on was just coming to terms with my sexuality, being a queer person, and feeling that that performative voice that I was using was in some ways reflective of the dishonesty, the dishonest way I was presenting myself to the world, and yeah. so that that was a big thing that had to align with me in my twenties and early thirties. And, uh, and that was also a real opening for me with my voice where I felt like when I was being honest about my whole life, I was able to use my voice more freely. Um, and then in addition to that, um, I started to work with a teacher um, mm-hmm. who, her name's Jeannie Lavetri, and she has created a methodology for voice work called somatic voice work. okay, And a, a body-based um, functional teaching method. And that really was, huge huge transformation for me in my own life where I really was able to honor the truths of my body and make sounds that felt authentic and free and I found through that work that operatic singing was just not the most authentic sound for me Um,
0: (laughs) I mean it's such a contrast to what you're doing now
1: yeah but there are elements I mean there are elements of what I'm doing that have like a lot of my uh, understanding of the way in which music works and and tonal structures and so so forth comes directly from that many years of training um and and so all the while i was teaching voice privately yeah. um i i and then i left my my full-time job and started to just do private voice teaching and coaching as my full-time profession and i built a really lovely business around that and uh then in 2017 i burned out um, I just had a moment where I came to terms with the fact that I had been hustling, 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 mm. and, uh, I just couldn't do it anymore. And a lot of the, uh, work I was doing with the voice just didn't feel aligned with where I was personally. And again, it's that existential moment where you're like, well, if I don't do that, what do I do? Um, yeah. so I took a sabbatical. I took, uh, I took three months off yeah. and that's when I developed what it is that you see now, um, in 2018. And I, um, I just honestly just started learning. I went to, like I said, I went to that, that retreat for sound healing. I yeah. really started to travel all over and work with teachers that I that had some sort of spark that I wanted to be in touch with. And um, and this new sort of iteration came out. That's really now in my life. My focus is more. For, the, the first point of my focus is on sharing my voice, and mm-hmm. then the second. The second. Uh, point of focus is on helping others do that with theirs and i think that that's yeah. really important for me that i i love love coaching and i find coaching to be so inspiring but only as much as i'm able to share my voice too and yeah. i had that had been out of whack for so many years that yeah. now it's like what i'm doing feels more aligned
0: yeah i think sometimes burnouts are an awakening aren't they yeah burnouts, like any kind of yeah it is kind of your life saying this is not working you need to change it so that sometimes they're kind of a godsend you know yes when you do when you, they're not nice but you know
1: um, no it's a i think they're often associated with spiritual awakenings yeah so many people i know that have had that moment and the thing is is i I would say my burnout moment is not at all, like didn't look at all like I thought a burnout moment would look. It was totally, I mean, I I questioned it the whole time. It wasn't like there was a moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. It was yeah. like something feels off, something feels off. It keeps feeling more off. I don't know why it's off. And yeah. so eventually, you know, I made some changes and I was like, oh, you were tired. <laughs> like you yeah. were so tired and yeah. you didn't, you know, you didn't sort of honor that. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. But- yeah i think also for a creative person it's really difficult when you're burning out because you lose that creativity and there's nothing worse than you know that it's who you are so i think you know
1: um, oh yeah burning out on the thing you love
0: yeah it's really difficult yeah. yeah so um you've been a voice coach for a long time and I, I think something that I've noticed like this si- this season um for the podcast I've got a lot of people in the wellness space joining me um who are doing all sorts of dynamic um things with music and like you with your voice and I feel like it's all going on in the states <laughs> I feel like
1: it's
0: going- <laughs> honestly I feel like that's where it's all going on I- you know cuz everyone i'm finding is over there so i mean what's the well-being space been like for you as you you know you've gone through your own journey has it changed has it become more dynamic or you know has it always been like that in the states
1: um i mean i think this is a this is an extreme time <laughs> <laughs> i don't yeah. know if you've heard i don't know if you've heard about our political situation over oh here, god yeah. i'm just teasing Sadly. but yeah it's like a mess you know and so yeah i say that because i think that you might see these modes of operating as a reflection as of a response to ah. the tricky nature of the time in which we live i mean and i, I Again, it's just speaking back to what you just said about the burnout. Like I th- it is the gift, you know. There there is a there is a gift to um these sort of extreme times and, and it really because it pushes you up against a wall and it goes like what's important to you? Like mm. what where are your priorities? How do you keep grounded? How do you keep sane? There's not much that feels sane about the world. What are you going to do to be healthy amidst it all? um yeah so i think that that that's probably just a really big component of this and i also personally just um there is sort of a there's an ability and a willingness right now and i i don't know why that is to speak to the movement of spirit in um, mm. in a way, I feel like I feel like it's just a generational shift. Like I grew up the son of a minister. I grew up in a conservative Christian environment. I um, didn't have a traumatic childhood as it relates to the church, but I knew as I've gotten older that there are parts of that story and that narrative that just didn't align mm. with my life. And yet, I still like there was there'd been no happier times in my life than when I was singing at church. Um, and so there are people like me. In, in this sort of generation of makers and creators that are trying to figure out how to reconcile and be really authentic um, and, and know better than to just reject the past. You know, that, that that's not yeah. necessarily the, the place to be either because we need to honor our past and honor that it's a part of our whole story. So so that's the big picture kind of me, yeah. you know, guessing based on what you're, what you're yeah, asking. Yeah, that's
0: really um, interesting. Yeah, I never thought about it like that, like, um, you know, as a knock on effect of the political, you know, situation in in America. But yeah, you've got such a good point there. And I feel, and actually, I said this uh, in a post a couple of days ago. Like, I feel like we need creativity right now more than we've ever needed it. Because we need, yeah. we need, we need something positive. We need beauty. We need, we need that, you know, because of the state of the world. So yeah, that's that's super super uh, interesting. So that takes me on to um, my next question, which is, do you think we're moving towards something new, like a new world?
1: Yeah, I think we always are. I don't think we ever weren't. <laughs> no, that's true.
0: That's <laughs> you true. You know,
1: you know, like you can't not be. But, but there is yeah. something about this moment that does feel um, notable in that regard. Like there's definitely an energetic shift. It's yeah. undeniable. You know, um, I was talking to a client yesterday about a, a young singer songwriter, and uh, she was talking about moving to Nashville and. Um, And as we're talking to this, I'm just uh, talking about this. I was just aware that neither she nor I have any idea how the music industry is going to work in the future, like, because performance, if and when it comes back, um, when it comes back, Mm. it will look different. It just there, there's no way we're not, there's not going to be a switch that turns on. So I say that not out of some, you know, deep sadness, more in like the excitement of like, okay, well, let's see what comes out of this? Because there are these points in history where we see these energetic, these seismic shifts and how it is that we operate. And there were many ways in which we were operating for so many of us that weren't sustainable. Mm. And I think especially, you know, one of the big challenges I see right now, and I feel this for myself personally, is especially with the polls of social media that we're in a age of producing, 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 producing. because people are consuming 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 yeah and i think that we really have to figure out how to reconcile all of that you know as a maker as a creator how do you keep your balance with that and and not constantly feel like you need to be putting energy out into the world like that if it's not sustainable so i think we're trying to reconcile a lot of these pieces and i think that the you know a lot of performers were traveling nonstop because it's how they were making their living yeah no one buys music anymore yeah um so and now they're like well i don't know what the hell to do Uh, but that moment again it's like that burnout moment where you're like we gotta figure this out because if i'm gonna if i'm gonna be in the world like this like i've gotta there has to be some way to make this sustainable
0: I think that's absolutely yeah you're so right and I think it's about reassessing um what's important and you know is making a lot of money important or is it more important to have a balanced life lifestyle and also the the fact that you know um it's not sustainable to keep putting uh content out there and it's not it's not healthy to be consuming that much content content either you know where does it all end like where where does right. it all end so i think that that's really good points that you've raised um there so um david you've worked with some really incredible organizations and artists so tell us a little bit more
1: yeah well you know so the thing we haven't discussed yet and this has really been uh dead since the pandemic but goes back to that original workshop i did at the omega institute i um i learned about this this method of circle singing or improvisational singing that i do with groups Mm -hmm. and so one i have a company called boxes that is um that is bringing that to corporate spaces uh getting groups to sing together so um so a lot of the work I've done with big organizations or big companies is through that capacity. I did, over the last couple of years, I have shifted that doing some of what I'm doing now in yeah. in that arena as well. But um, I've been able to work with some companies like Google and Coca-Cola, uh, Chicago Public Schools, yeah. uh, places like that, getting people to sing together through spontaneous creation, through improv- <laughs> improvised singing as yeah. a means of uh, team building as as coming yeah. together. Um, and so, yeah, so that's been a really uh, lovely honor and privilege. We actually yeah. did, I did one big event not that long ago prior to the pandemic. I say not that long ago, but now it's been over a year. Um, that was a uh, an event for the mayor of Chicago put on by all of these unions uh, trying to really um, to shape her agenda and uh it was a thousand plus people that we had singing together and it was just a really beautiful symbol of unity um and it was all spontaneously created too so it was really like that kind of work some i do i do miss that i miss that collective gathering and especially making sound together with our voices
0: that must be so amazing to 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 have that many people and the energy in the room you know yeah, it was super
1: magical mm-hmm. yeah
0: yeah so um we've probably I've, we've probably covered this already but I was going to say what would you like to see change in the music world but is there anything else that you'd like to see change you know apart from that kind of fast-paced churning content and you know
1: I think that um It's really difficult for me to say specifically. I think Mm -hmm. that what I just like, I'd like for us collectively to think about how it is that we support and consume um, creatives. Uh, And I think that that is a really um, important question, not only for those who make, but for those who consume. Mm. Uh, And so I think, you know, music is, everyone knows that music is, uh, and is a saving grace and it has been for so many it's sort of I really believe that in the hierarchy of art forms like music lives in this highest sphere because it is so ephemeral it is so mysterious um and and I think that the implications for music and sound are so significant in that we don't know when the music sound stops and when it uh, ends when it Mm. begins and when it ends, I'm sorry. And so there's this like ever continuing flow of sound and music. And if you think about the impact of that on all of our lives, no matter who you are, where you are, that's different than, than dance or painting or what have Mm. you not, not better or worse. It's just different, different. And so I think that, um, it's just important for us to keep in mind the significant impact that it has on all of our lives. And how do we really honor that in, in our, um, in our behavior and then also though, I really someday hope that we'll make our way back to more collective singing experiences Mm. that there's, over the years there's been this shift towards singing particularly being a performance art. And I think it is that, but it's also not that, it's a tool for human connection. And so um, it's my hope that when people are able to gather again safely, that there will be And I do think that you are going to see this as an outcome of the pandemic, but people are going to really yearn and long for these sort of experiences. And I think there's no more powerful experience than music, sound, and particularly group singing.
0: Yeah. Amazing. I have had someone on the podcast who um, he's based um, near San Francisco and he um, musician and he, before the pandemic was playing for yoga classes and so he would play music for um, – and I, I love that idea of combining with an activity, yeah, you know, but having movement, live yeah. music. Yeah, movement and live music as opposed to, you know, it coming from a CD. Uh, <laughs> uh,
1: I partnered with a yoga uh, – what did we do? It was at the Sedona Yoga Festival two years ago, I guess now. I did a, a Yoga Nidra class. Yeah. Um, and it was, it was really – it was like a huge class. And it was really yeah. a lot of fun to support. Especially with yeah. what I'm doing, because it's uh, improvised, you can really yes. respond to what's happening in the moment too. Yes. So nothing. So it was that that was really yeah quite profound.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. And also, you know, with something like yoga, people are there for the healing element. So your music and sound just lends itself perfectly to to yeah. to that. So so what's the ultimate dream and goal for you?
1: To stay present to this moment. (laughs) Yeah. You know, I have... uh, That's a good goal. One of my my big takeaways from 2020, and I think this is a big takeaway for a lot of people, but all of that which I um, prioritize and planned for was uh, maybe more fleeting than I realized. And one of the, the beautiful elements of this last year has been settling into not planning for the future. Mm. Um, I keep having people contact me wanting to, you know, what about December 2021? And I'm like, I don't know. I mean, you know, like I'd like to think that we could do something in person, yeah. but it's really hard for me personally to commit yeah. to anything right now because yeah. it just seems like there's um, there are too many variables that are out of my control mm-hmm. and I'd rather not set myself up for that possibility rather just stay like let's just sit still right now and then when things clear let's behave differently but right now um, I want to be as present to this moment and responsive to this moment and um, I want to like love on this moment for what it is and not wish it was something else
0: oh that's so beautiful that is so beautiful I think lots of people needed to when they're going to listen to this they probably needed to hear someone say that as well because yeah. I think it's a quite a challenging thing for most people to do. Is to is it's to the sit ultimate in. challenge.
1: Yeah, it it's is It's just the ultimate challenge. You know, um, it's you know in Buddhism, it's it's the source of suffering. It's that desire, yeah. that grasping on to um, the stories and the narratives that aren't true about the present moment. And I think that that is is uh, very true in my own life. Whenever I find myself grasping, wishing, wanting uh waiting there's a good chance that i'm not honoring the truth of what it is is right mm-hmm. now um and so that's the practice you know that is the practice coming back to the here and now
0: absolutely love it absolutely um so Davin, how can people find out more about you and your work and contact you
1: yeah you can find me um all over the internet at david young's d-a-v-i-n all over the internet spell my name uh yeah no but davinyoungs.com is a great place to start but you can find me on social media and so forth um and you and i are connected because i have started doing live streams on the insight timer app so i encourage people if they don't use insight timer to consider checking that out
0: how's that going because i love insight timer
1: it's great i mean it's really opened me up to a new audience which has been you know one of the challenges of the streaming space is that it's so um uh bifurcated like there are so many different channels through which one could stream what it is that they're doing and so uh like i i was joking about earlier you know there was this moment at the beginning of the pandemic where people are streaming on instagram for instance and a lot of people are watching it well now ain't nobody watching it it's like you know Uh there's a everyone's sort of gone off into their own different spaces and so me for me personally it was like well where's the best space to connect with you know an audience and insight timer launched this live function and i just was keeping my eye on it because i have recorded meditations on there yeah and uh And yeah, as soon as I got going, I was like, oh, Insight Timer has this incredible built-in audience that uses the app already. And so it's uh, been really lovely to not have to to work really hard at building an audience there. It's like the audience is built in and I'm able to share. I mean, you have to work to maintain the audience, but um, the audience is sort of built in and able to maintain and share. And I've really connected with some lovely people through that space, Mm -hmm. yourself included. Um so I'm grateful for it.
0: Yeah, amazing. Thank you so yeah, do check Davin out on Inside Time because he's amazing. <laughs> and everything else and all over the internet everywhere else. <laughs> Thank you so much <laughs> Just Davin. Google, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. If you enjoyed the episode, please subscribe, rate and review. And to keep up to date with all of our latest news, follow our page, The Trailblazers Journey on Instagram. Until next time.